Welcome to the She Who Wins podcast. I'm your host, Renee Bauer. I'm an attorney, entrepreneur, author, speaker, and investor. This is the place where we dive into all of the things that matter to you, and most importantly, uncover what's holding you back from realizing your dreams. Because she who moves forward fiercely is she who wins. Talking about entrepreneurship is one of my favorite things to do. When I was a teenager, my neighbor next door ran swim lessons out of her backyard and I created flyers and stood at the end of her driveway and handed them out to all of the moms, dropping their kids off and picking them up, offering my babysitting services. So it's not a big surprise that I became an entrepreneur in my adult life. So today's episode is all about building businesses and financial freedom. Joining me on the She Who Wins podcast is Johanna Buckwhites, and she is a highly respected business advisor, skilled investor, entrepreneur, and founder of a new company called Frankly Company. She's also host of the Limitless podcast. Her success in pitching companies to buyers at high valuations makes her a sought-after expert for entrepreneurs at all levels and stages of growth in her years of financial forecasting and strategic planning for Fortune 100 companies have added to her unparalleled business acumen. For the past five years, she's worked with founders and CEOs from startup to acquisition, using her holistic approach to help them identify roadblocks and develop data-backed strategies to reach the metrics needed to raise millions in capital, hit nine-figure valuations, and pitch Snap, Sony, and other large private and publicly traded companies for acquisitions. She has successfully started multiple companies, including her latest project, Frankly Company, which brings together her wealth of past experience into an app and online community just for driven female entrepreneurs. As the founder of Frankly Company, she believes that women can have both time and money freedom and that you should be able to enjoy the business building process, not just the end result. So she is joining me here today, and I am so excited for you to meet my friend, Johanna Buckwhites. Johanna, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So I love starting an interview when I already know the guest. And so you and I have met each other several times. We are both connected to a group called Brand Builders. We have had several conversations and we actually met in person recently, which is so awesome too. So I feel like the conversation we're having now on the mic is so long overdue. Yes, and I'm I'm so excited to do this with you. It's been great hanging out with you every single time. So I know today is going to yeah. be awesome. <laughs> all right, so let's jump in. And we're today we're talking about all about being an entrepreneur, all about creating financial freedom. And I I had just recorded your bio pr- prior to you jumping on here, and it is so damn impressive, girl. Like it is, you have it's filled with so much success. And so my question, as I was reading it, is like for everything that has made its way onto that sheet of of who you are and all that you've done, did you ever reach a point where fear like almost stopped you short? And I'm starting there because that's where I hear from most people that like fear prevents them from doing something or going for their big dream, whether it's business, relationships, moving across country, whatever it is. So I wanted to start here because as I read it, I'm like, damn, this girl is 
fearless, like for doing all of the stuff that you've done. So I'd love to hear your perspective on that. So first of all, thank you. That that was awesome and super nice. Um, I would say the doing it while I was doing it or thinking about doing it, I wasn't necessarily afraid with the exception of starting the podcast. However, the fear actually stopped me from getting the results that I wanted or they made it, it made it like so much longer and more painful. So I was still (laughs) able to do the thing, but it didn't have to be that difficult and it did not have to be that painful. And I really could have gotten everything I wanted a lot faster (laughs) with a much bigger smile on my face than I had at the time. (laughs) And do you think that's because being so tied to the success of of wanting it to be so perfect right out of the gate? Is, Is that what caused that? Yeah, I mean, to be fully honest, it was really a limiting belief and tying Mm -hmm. success to my own worth. When I was younger, and this is like when I was in high school and like elementary school, I was really physically ill. The hospital Mm -hmm. was like the second home for me. And the one thing that I was so proud of, no matter how sick I was, I always had A's. I always had those good grades. When Mm -hmm. it seemed almost impossible for me to even finish school, I was like excelling and I was at the top of my class. So I tied so much of that as I got older, right? Like, and I put that together, like I have to succeed because if all else fails in my life, whether it's my health, happiness, relationships, anything else, I have to have success because otherwise, who am I? And Mm -hmm. that is not a fun place to be in. And I had to unravel that, you know, for me to actually be able to, to succeed in the way that I wanted to and to enjoy it and and feel happy and even like magically hit these numbers that I I wasn't hitting by itself. Yeah. That's so interesting. I just have a good friend of mine um, who's also an entrepreneur, also a really high achiever, just said something so poignant. And I think it's relevant here is she said that she didn't know who she was or what her life was outside of her business and success. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like that that's so common with any sort of high achieving anyone, woman, man, but particularly a high achieving woman that sometimes all everything is so wrapped up on what they're doing and what they're achieving that um, they they kind of lose themselves. You think that 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 was sort of what was happening there is like you could stand up and say, oh, I achieved all of this, even if my health wasn't perfect or even if everything else wasn't wasn't perfect in my life, I can make this perfect. Yeah, a lot of it was that. And the thing is, though, no matter what I did, I still didn't think I was far enough. I still didn't think I achieved enough. Like I had this unrealistic expectation in like my head of of when enough would actually be. And of course, I was never going to get there because like I could be the best in the world and somehow I would still find a way that I would have to go higher. And it's like you're really setting yourself up for failure no matter what you achieve on paper. It's never going to be good enough. So true. So, all right. So then that brings me to my next question is we see all of the time on social media now something where people are talking about anti-hustle culture. And all of the women who I know who are doing all of the things are hustlers. They're putting the work in. They don't just check in and check out. What is your take on this this concept of you sh- you don't need to be hustling or maybe you shouldn't be hustling or there's shame in hustling? So I love that question. And first of all, I would say to anyone who feels like they, you know, there's shame and hustling or or if someone told you that, I would just say ignore that. Like, I do not like that word. And I would love 
if everyone could like remove it from even just yeah. their emotions because it's it's not yeah. a good place to be in. In terms of like hustle, hustling in general, I used to really do that all the time and never stop. For me personally, I am against hustling for myself in the sense that I need to have time for me because I perform at my best now when I am feeling amazing. And also I'm way more efficient. Like one of my favorite words in life and business is efficiencies. And I'm way more efficient when I'm operating at a hundred percent. And that can mean working less, but I'm achieving a lot Mm -hmm. more in a short period of time. Right. So for me, the priority is less on this like hustle as, as we've come to know it, where it's like you eat, sleep and breathe your business. You don't Mm -hmm. take care of yourself, your body or your mind. Like for me, that's not something that I do currently or want to do, but it, like to get comfortable with that, it was so hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is so hard. Are you like every other entrepreneur that has like a squirrel brain? It's like you're constantly like chasing ideas. You're like, oh, this. Oh, wait a second, this. And like you have a hard time shutting it off. So I was, but I feel like when I wasn't actually pursuing something that felt like was really aligned to me as a human being and like what I want to achieve Mm -hmm. in my overall life, that happened all the time. Now I have so many of those ideas, but it's for my current business. It's not for any other venture. It's like, it's tunnel vision, but not really. It's like tunnel vision on my company, but like (laughs) <laughs> There's a million yeah. different things and a million different branches mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm, I'm like excited about and I'm like, oh, that would be a really good idea. And then just kind of evaluating whether or not I should pursue it. Hmm. So good. What What do you think the biggest challenge you've had to overcome as a female entrepreneur? Money mindset issues. Oh, say more. <laughs> so that was <laughs> the number one thing. Um, and because for me, I, again, like I had this idea in my head, I have to achieve this certain number. Yeah. This is the number that's successful. You know what? Next day, that number is going to be higher and higher. Oh, right. And then I still wasn't getting it. And I also was miserable, right? So like having to like take a step back, um, Brooke Ritchie is a money mindset coach and I had her on my podcast. And one of the things she said that I really liked was if you want to go faster, slow down. And, you know, like anyone who, like you said, who's like a hustler, hustler and like female entrepreneur, you're like, yeah, absolutely not. Like, thanks for that advice, but no way. Um, But when I started to do that and actually started to focus on, you know, where there were mindset gaps, right? Because if you think of like success as 20% strategy and, and, you know, 80% psychology, my 80% was severely missing. Mm -hmm. And that's what I had to like stop and focus on because I'm... I was really good at strategy. I am really good at strategy and it came easy to me, but I still wasn't like actually getting the results that I wanted. Why? Was my strategy wrong? No. And like, you know, and I asked a lot of other people who are like experts in that area and they're like, no, this is brilliant. What? Like, this is a great strategy. Well, then why am I not getting the results? Other people are. What's the difference? It's probably something going on in my mind. Mm. So I want to back up and just say that again. So if anyone's listening, that success is... 20% strategy and 80% psychology. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy because I think about like, oh no, you have to do all of these certain things in order to get to success. And that can't happen unless all of these steps. But what you're saying is something very different. It's like your mind matters before anything else and everything else will, will follow. Yeah. Yeah. And someone had given a really good analogy, um, you know, about this recently, they said, think about it like losing weight, right? If you think Mm -hmm. about what you need on paper to lose weight, 
right? Like it, you, you have all the information, yeah. right? And if you don't, you have Google, you can hire a nutritionist right. and it's really simple to get that information, but to apply it, how come if you already have all this information available, it doesn't work for everybody, mm. right? Some of it, of course, is like, you know, biology, but a lot of the other stuff is mindset, why you can't stick with it. Like, yeah. and that's, that's the differentiating factor because you have the knowledge available and you can find it. It's just, yeah you know, where you combine the mindset piece to it and how you're thinking about it. That is like whether or not things I think go a lot faster or slower, mm. a lot more fun or a lot more painful. Yeah. Do you think that women in general have a particular difficulty with the money yes. uh, mindset piece? Yeah. So there's this phenomenon where it's the six figure breaking to the seven figure mark for female mm. entrepreneurs, particularly is incredibly difficult. And it's, yeah. it, they did a lot of studies on this. It's not just one person, right? It's a lot of female entrepreneurs specifically. Yeah. And if you think about that, it's like, why is that happening? And there is like a, a large collective type of consciousness thing when it comes to money and especially with women about making a certain amount. Yeah. And that has to shift in order for you to like really hit those numbers in a way, again, that yeah. it's, it's supposed to be like not this painful. It doesn't have to be that hard. And we yeah. think it's like impossible. We think it's this huge mountain to climb, but we can yeah. actually get there really easily. And a lot of it is, is like the mindset work and kind of identifying any limiting beliefs you have there around it. So do you actually know the stats for that at all? And in terms of how many women actually get to seven figures? I don't, okay. um, but I yeah. can follow back up with, with yeah. uh, the person who actually even shared that study with me. They might okay. have the direct source for you. No, that's that's okay. I'm not, <laughs> it wasn't a quiz. I was just wondering if, if it was like at the tip of your tongue. No, But no. I think it's fascinating because, you know, I can speak from personal experience. My law firm for a long time was stuck in a certain place that I could not get over the hump of it. And then I figured it out and it was like, all right, now the rest comes really easy. We can get to that seven figure mark and we can get beyond that. But it took a really, really long time to get to that place. And, um, it, and, it, and I think it was, I think it was mindset. I definitely think it was some strategy stuff. Um, I think it was part as a business owner being like, no one can do it like me and I can't delegate. I have to do it all myself. Um, so there were a lot of different things at play, but I just think that's so interesting that that's the, the mark that, that we see so few women getting to. Yeah. And it's not even so few women get to, it's just the cross that bridge between six to seven yeah. figures. It takes a lot longer. I had someone who was yeah. sharing with me that they changed their prices. And the next mm -hmm. year when they were doing their taxes, they had this like same exact number as they had done the previous year when their prices wow. were 25% lower. They happened to attract only the like specific amount of mm -hmm. clients so that they would reach that exact dollar amount to the penny, like, which is wild. Huh. And they were like, Oh, I should probably crazy. work on my money mindset. And then they've exceeded it mm -hmm. since then. <laughs> Is some of that come from conditioning? Does it come from your childhood, come from your past, coming from the stories your parents have told you about money too? Of course, that is a big, big portion of it. And, and like, like you said, right, it, a lot of it, like if you do tie your success to your worth, sometimes your subconscious mind does this really fun thing where it likes to sabotage you because it's saying, hey, if yeah. we take this away, are you going to start to love yourself for who you actually are and not how much mm. money you make? And you're like, well, mm. this is not fun. I don't like this forced yeah. experiment. <laughs> I don't want to look that deep. <laughs> it's like, things are okay. Can we stay this way? It's like, no, happiness is pretty cool. You should try it. <laughs>
That's amazing. So, all right. Then actually, I have another question for you when we're t- as we're talking about like the anti-hustle culture. I'm just so curious because this is such a controversial topic that people are talking about employers versus employees and this concept of quiet quitting. And I did a live at one point and I posted a reel and I got like bummed bombarded with people telling me that I was straight up wrong um, by having a stance on quiet quitting. So I'm really curious as to how you feel about that, since it's it's all everyone seems to be talking about these days. Clearly, I, I don't know what everybody's talking about these days. What do you mean by <laughs> quiet quitting? I'm so oh, not okay. in the know. <laughs> okay. All right, then. So you will be so fresh. So it's this concept of dialing it in for work. You show up, you check out, you don't do one bit beyond that. And you don't go above expectations. You just do the bare minimal and you um, don't overextend yourself in any way. And and some of the feedback has has been, I will do what I am paid for and I will do not one more thing beyond that. And so there's this divide between employers and employees as to what's the best way to show up to your job or to get promoted or to make yourself stand out as a valued employee. So I actually don't see that as an employee problem. I see that as an employer problem because Mm -hmm. it's not just about money, right? We've seen like thousands of studies that have proven this. It like, it's not like, sure, it's shifted more so, especially during COVID and afterwards, because like a lot of the other perks kind of went away, especially with like the virtual environment. However, people want to be rewarded for their work. And that is not necessarily monetary like gains, right? It is are, like, are you inspired by the work that you're doing? Yeah. Like, how is your work actually affecting other people's lives? Like, how is it affecting the world? Right. And, and like, especially in larger corporations, this gets so yeah. lost. Nobody, they're like, yeah. oh, I'm just doing a job to hand to my manager. I was going to hand it to the director, to the VP, yeah. to the SVP, and it's going to go up the ladder. And I have no idea how my work is actually impacting the company. I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm just doing this for a paycheck. So Mm -hmm. as an employer, you have to do a good job at helping your employees be motivated and explain to them why your work matters, right? And and someone actually also gave, I I love the questions you're asking. So I'm like, ooh, I remember something someone actually just (laughs) said to me about this, where they said, if you think about like a wedding hall, right? Um, someone has to wash the dishes. It doesn't matter how much they're getting paid. They have to wash the dishes. So what they think, okay, I'm washing the dishes. This is not fun. I don't really love this job. But what happens if they don't wash the dishes? There are no plates on the table. People can't eat. The wedding is not fun for the people who are there. The whole thing kind of falls apart if you don't have clean plates to eat your food (laughs) on at a wedding, right? And it's just like, if you think about that and you explain the level of importance this person has in washing these dishes, how it is literally impacting every single person who is showing up to this wedding, you're like, okay, my job is actually important. I understand why it's affecting. Otherwise, you're like, I'm scrubbing a dish. Like, who cares? Right, right. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's that's gold. I love I love that so much. This message is for the dreamers, doers and goal getters out there. The She Who Wins Summit, a live event experience, is coming to Connecticut on April 28th and 29th, 2023. It's time to supercharge your soul so you can show up even more powerfully in your life, in your relationships, and in your business and career. Learn more at shewhowins.com.
Okay. So then what do you say to the person who's listening, who says, you know what? I really hate my job. I work in corporate. I'm never going to be valued. Um, I want to exit. I have this burning desire to start a company or a business, whatever it is, um, a passion project. Um, do you think that that's enough for someone to start their business, just to have, to have something that they really love and they're passionate about? It's a loaded question because obviously, <laughs> of course it is. yeah, it's a great question. It's a loaded question because it depends on the circumstance, right? If you're already not making enough money at your job to support your family and you know yourself as a person that if you quit and you start a passion project where you don't have money to invest in it, don't have a clear paycheck and you're going to have a panic attack seven times a day, you shouldn't do it. Like passion's not enough there, right? But if you're like, okay, I'm comfortable. I have a runway. I can, you know, and for anyone listening, runway essentially means that you have enough money to support you for X amount yeah. of time, assuming you get no other forms of money coming in, right? So if you say, I have six months of runway to start this yeah. project, I've also done some research I and I've looked at the market, I have a clear strategy yeah. and I will just go into it and I'm super comfortable and I, I know, you know, at six months we can reevaluate and I can always go back right. to corporate. Absolutely. Like, I think that's a great idea, you know, but again, yeah. it's, it's for yourself. Like you have to like yeah. feel comfortable. I left my job like years ago when I started mm -hmm. my first company and it was a terrible idea. It was a great idea because <laughs> I learned so much, but it was a terrible idea in the method yeah. that I went about doing it. I literally just left because I hated corporate America and <laughs> my job was in finance and it was not fun. And I said, I found a problem in the market and I'm going to solve it. Right. So the strategy mm -hmm. made sense. Like I saw the clear path to success here again on paper, but I hated it. So yeah. in that sense, if I actually had the passion for it and I also had the correct mindset going into it and had already, you know, gone through the 80% psychology exercise, yeah. I would have enjoyed my life and also found success a lot faster and been a lot less stressed. So what was the problem that you found? So at the time, the problem that I found, again, this was before like 8 million fitness apps came on the market, was since I was uh, the stressed New York City finance girl, uh, I would go to the gym every single morning at 6 a.m. And I had the best absolute best trainers. I trained with multiple different trainers in the city. They were so good at their job. I knew how much I was paying the gym. And I also knew how much money they were making. And it was not even close. And they said, you know, like, we we hate this. We would like to make more money. We, we know we're really good at what we do, but we have no idea how to market. We don't know how to get clients. We heard about like, you know, potentially doing things online, but we don't know how to create content. This is not something we're familiar with. How do we even accept payments online safely? Like it, it's just too much that we're just going to accept working like 15 hours a day on weekends, not taking vacation, not seeing our families, right. even though the value we're bringing to our clients is so high. And I was like, well, if I created like something that would make that easier, would you be interested? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> And, and that was pre-COVID. That, that was, was before yeah. everyone started doing like fitness classes online. That was in, that conversation happened in 2015, 2016. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. And I, I, I left my job in early 2017, I think. I think so. That, yeah. That's, that's amazing. So you also, so you went from finance to tech. Yes. And tech is not, is not easy. Nope. It is an interesting world. You're, you're dealing with developers. You're dealing oh, yeah. with a lot of developers in other countries. Like how did you, and you were new, like you were you didn't go to school for tech. Like nope. th that was not your background. How did you get over that obstacle for really not knowing 
technology at all and being able to still build something so successful? So I love this question and I wish I had a way better answer, but the truth is (laughs) I fell flat on my face and lost a ton of money. Mm -hmm. I did. And once I did that, I was like, well, I have two choices. I can continue crying on my couch right now, or I could figure it out. And I was like, I like to figure it out. So, and I learned from that. But for the first six months of starting my company, I was in a terrible position. Like, because I hired a team that was written up everywhere, had the best credentials, was super well-known, was amazing. And I started to see red flags along the way. And then they actually went out of business and thousands and thousands of people lost their money. And it was bankruptcy. And it was bankruptcy law in Australia. So Mm. there was no way of getting it back. So like I was not the only person, obviously, who lost money, but I had to start from scratch. So I did this thing where I said, I know absolutely nobody in tech. I know everybody in finance. And then I questioned whether or not that statement was actually true. And I was like, Mm -hmm. probably not, but let's go check my friends on Facebook. I found my seventh grade boyfriend who I dated for like two months. And by the way, boyfriend in seventh grade in my school was like, you held hands and like talked up to school on the phone. Um, (laughs) So we were like clearly a great relationship. And I hadn't talked to him since I was 12. And I saw that he started his own tech company. So I messaged him on Facebook. He thought I was like accidentally like butt dialed him on Facebook. And he was like, I'd like happily get on the phone with you. And we got on the phone and his company was just acquired by TikTok at the time. And he was like, let me introduce you to my team. I love them. And I talked to his team and they knew I had severe trust issues with hiring a tech yeah. team. And they said, we're going to do like free work for you first. We're going to, and they said, we never do this. And they said, we're going to just see, you know, where you're at, what we can salvage from what you have. And, yeah. you know, we decided to move forward and they said, we're going to do three months of work for free. And then you, you can just pay us by deliverable, but we want to build a long lasting trusting relationship. And that was the biggest way that I learned. I, you know what I love about that story is like the cold, even though, oh, yes, you, you had a, a long, passionate, romantic history with this Super guy. Super passionate. But, <laughs> <laughs> but so essentially he's a stranger, yeah. you know, I mean, it's been a long time, but you put yourself out there and made that connection and reached out and it was like, okay, what happens if, not, if he doesn't respond? He doesn't respond. Not a I'd big be in deal, the same but, place. And you know how many people won't do that first outreach? And they'll, they don't want to bother the other person. And they're like, no, 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 I, they, they, they don't want to hear from me. And like, they, they cut themselves off before they even get started. So I love that. And I think that that's so important as an entrepreneur is like to reach out and ask for help and have those conversations because you never know. Yeah. It worked out for you. Well, to be fair, I had just lost like $150,000 and I thought the world was on fire and ending permanently that I was going to call anybody and I didn't care if you picked up the phone because I was going to call you. (laughs) I was like, I'm done. (laughs) I was like, I will keep calling you (laughs) until you just pick up because you want me to leave you alone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But fast forward, it's 2022. You have a brand new project that I am so excited about. Like I, I, it's, it's awesome. I love it. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So clearly I could have used this <laughs> when I was starting <laughs> out. I needed a lot of help. Um, so <laughs> I kind of like 
you know, similar to what I said before, like I started a company that I wasn't passionate about, kind of went a long way to try to find like what mattered the most to me and what actually got me super excited. And it's helping female entrepreneurs. And since we talked about the fact that things are like 20% strategy, it's really hard to find what that 20% is. Like finding answers is way too difficult when we have so much information that's available to us. So it's exciting because, you know, back in the day, it was a lot harder to get that information, but now it's information overload and it's tough to know like what you can actually do with it and what makes sense for you. So as you, I, and a lot of other female entrepreneurs know, you feel overwhelmed and you feel stressed and you do not have confidence in your decision-making abilities, especially after you make a very expensive mistake like I did. And there should be a better way to get there. So that's the big piece of frankly and why I want to create this platform as not just a community, but the key piece for us is this like AI backed database search engine where your answers are actually customized for who you are, like how much money you're making in your business, what your industry is, how long you've been operating. Because you might ask the same question as someone else, but the answer they get is not going to apply to you if they're making 10 times more money than you, right? So I want you to be able to get exact answer for what you need, plus how to apply that answer. Because theory without application is so useless. And for me, it's so frustrating. So not only then once you get your answer, will we tell you how to apply it. If you want to do it yourself, you know exactly what next step to take. But if you want to hire someone, we have a very, very, very serious vetting process for our implementation partners, because I know I am not the only person who made a hiring mistake, regardless of how many, you know, amazing, like, you know, recommendations this team had. I know so many people who have done that and it is terrible. But when you hire someone who is amazing, Everything yeah. just works perfectly. You sleep easy at night and you know it's good. So again, we will match you with three different implementation partners, again, based on like who you are. Because if someone is charging $200,000 and you're making $50,000 a year, no one's going to match you. Like It's going to be yeah. customized for you with the easy action step to take. And if you want to hire them, amazing. You know you can sleep easy. They're going to be the best of the best and make sure like they give you everything that you need. I love that so much because I have definitely had contractors that I've hired to build websites, to build funnels, and some of them were amazing and some Mm -hmm. came highly recommended and they were awful. So I I absolutely love that, that you do that. It's like an automated mentor, you know? So how does someone... How, how does someone join, get access to all of this information? So we are not officially live yet in, in the sense that the app is not available to download today, but you can go to franklyco.com and you can sign up for early access. And with that, we'll start giving you a lot of cool business tips and action steps that you can take now. But it'll also allow you, if you want, to be a beta tester, which means that once we do have something available, you get to be part of the building process. And for me, I've been a beta tester and I've done beta testing before. And for me, one of my favorite things things is when you actually get feedback and someone wants to listen. And yeah. I want to listen because for me in order like in order for me to actually fully deliver on what it is I'm trying to deliver on and help you, I need to talk to you. Like I want to know for sure that like the answers you're getting, like this is exactly what you're looking for. This is the exact question you're asking. Like how mu- like can I do something more to help you? Like what else do you need? How else can I support you? And that only happens with the conversation. So I'd love to talk to you. Like you can sign up for early access and and we'll start that conversation. I mean, everything you just said is like dripping in authenticity. 
<laughs> like I can feel that you truly want to hear from people and you do. <laughs> really want to help. I know it's, it's amazing. So, all right. Um, I have a final question for you, but f- before we go there, I feel like we could talk forever on this. I know we could. Um, I love it. <laughs> so how do we find you on um, your favorite social media place? So my personal Instagram is just my first and very long last name. Uh, so you can find me there and you can find me at franklyco.com or you can check out my podcast Limitless. And um, yeah, you can follow us on social media there too. On Instagram is mostly where I hang out. All right, Johanna, final question. What does winning mean to you? Winning to me means actually enjoying what you do and feel like you're adding as much value as possible to to the world and to yourself. Just being your true self and feeling like you're you're actually doing it. And success comes with that. Like the money comes with that. All the other things come with that. But when you're literally happy as much as possible all throughout the day, you are winning. I love it so much. I adore you. I adore you too. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for being here. We're going to meet up in New York City yes. soon. Yes, please. <laughs> but yes, that Johanna Buckweiss, go follow her. If you're an entrepreneur, please, please get on her waiting list for her new company. Like this is everything. It's, it's what I wish I had when I started out and I wouldn't have made all the mistakes that I did. So do yourself a favor and sign up. Thank you, girl. Thank you for having me. That's a wrap. Please subscribe to the She Who Wins podcast so you'll be the first to know about every new episode that drops. Until next time, and remember, she who moves forward fiercely is she who wins.